All right, welcome back to another episode of Venom Monologue. I'm my name is Marcus, and I'm your host for this evening. We got the usual suspects, Julio, Jose, and Rick. What's going on, guys? How's it going? We also have a very special guest today, Michael O'Brien. How's it going, Michael? I'm doing great, Marcus. Thanks for having me here today. Awesome. Michael is a very successful real estate agent in the Bay Area, and uh, we're going to go through uh, just a couple of questions, kind of pick his brain, get some advice about the real estate field and whatnot. So let's go ahead and just hop into that real quick. Julio, you want to ask him the first question? I do, but first, uh, I promised Michael we'd let him go over his background a little bit. Oh, so shit. You don't mind. My bad. Death. That's all good. Yeah, no, it's fantastic, guys. Uh, I'll give you just a quick background. I've uh, some of my accolades, if you will. When I was uh, 19 years old, I won the Mr. Teenage America contest, uh, contest uh, tall winner. Again, 1986. That gives you an idea how old I am. Um, had a pretty uh, successful uh, education. And then I got right into real estate. And I had a, a bit of a mental breakdown of all things. Had too much stress, too much uh, pressure on me. And, uh, and then fought through it. And by the age of 31, I had become a millionaire, all because of real estate. So I'm excited about sharing some uh, some questions or some uh, some information about real estate because that's what I have done for the last 31 years. So back to you, uh, Julio. If you want to ask away, go for it. Yeah, and Michael, uh, that's wow, that's amazing. Yeah, we really appreciate you there. coming on the show. Yeah, seriously, that's for sure. I feel like we're going to learn a lot from you here. So. What's it? What's something you would give as far as advice to like first-time home buyers that are out at, in the, especially in the current market, looking to buy a home? Right, isn't that crazy? The current market literally is completely insanity. I know that uh, just even the friends that I've had that have been around the business uh, uh, 30, 40 years, um, it's uh, it's remarkable. I mean, houses that were selling for five hundred thousand that I had sold twenty-five years ago for one hundred and fifty thousand. Um, are now 900,000. Um, oh the average person can't buy their own home. That's the, the real statistic. We have something in the marketplace called the affordability index. And that's something that uh, very astute investors pay close attention to. And uh, when that number becomes uh, very low, in other words, when the affordability is out of range and only 14% of the population can afford to buy a median price home, uh, we got problems. That number is probably closer to 30% right now. It's normally set, sits around 50-60%. So in other words, you should be able to afford a house. Um, right. When the market crashed in 2005-2006, uh, that's exactly where it was at. It was 14% in the Bay Area overall. And uh, you know it was just out of hand. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's a start. Um, wow. I, I think to to maybe give you a little bit of insight as to the uh, the question or the, the answer to that. Um, if, I'm, if I'm really giving my best buyer the best advice, I would probably tell them to be very patient and, and maybe hang out for a bit and see where we go from here. Mm. Um, just based on um, some, some, some crazy factors that are happening with prices that are literally out of control. Um, the one bit of advice I probably would share though, Julio, is and this is something I didn't do myself early, early on, and I uh, wish I had. I did later, but a little bit later. Um, and that is that not to be afraid to buy out of state, even if you live here. Buy a rental. Buy real estate as early as you possibly can. Buy it today if you can do it. 
but there's houses and there's condos and there's there's places you can buy all over the country for 50 grand for 80 grand for 150 grand i yeah, see Marcus Marcus raising his hand he, he he probably bought out in texas if i'm not you know maybe not but um and that's an amazing place to buy buy somewhere else don't buy here in the bay area mm, that's good advice what would you tell somebody who's already say been paying off a home they've built up equity in their close to paying off their home, let's say they have like $100,000 left on a $300,000 mortgage after 20 years of a 30-year loan, would you advise them to go and sell now while the prices are inflated or would you tell them as well to be patient? You know, it's a good, good question. And the reason I say it's a good question is because everybody has a different situation where they're at in life. I mean, if you're just having kids and, and, and this is the school area that you want them to go uh, two, uh, let's say they're eight, 10, 12 years old, and they're going to go into high school and you're living in a nice area with a good high school, you know, then you might want to, you know, might want to consider that life is not all about money. I know we all tend to, you know, have our house, our, our, our lives are driven by money, but the reality is that we got to live, you know, we got to be somewhere. Right. Um, and so if you don't have a family, it's a whole lot easier to rent and, you know, excuse me, sell your house out and, and take that approach. And I'm not opposed to that Julio, I think it's a good idea. The market is so absolutely obs obscene that if you can get out of your house and you can sell at a premium dollar, I think there's a good chance that we'll see some settling back, maybe 10, 15%. We will never see the 50% drop, I don't think, in all of our lifetime. Um, mm -hmm. That was a historic event that had uh, a lot of uh, moving, um, moving parts. Uh, but we yeah. could see 25% in 1991 when I first got into real estate, we had seen about a 20 to 25% correction. I don't see why we wouldn't see that again. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, I was like probably three years old when that happened. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a clue, but thank you for letting us know that. Yeah. That was one. Sure. <laughs> uh, and my next question, what are some of the hidden costs when it comes to buying a home that people don't expect? You know, I think some of the hidden costs of buying real estate, I mean, nowadays, you know, we, we live in a, uh, an environment, probably the last 30 years, I should say, or 25 in real estate is we refer to um, real estate as disclosure, disclosure, disclosure. So everybody's got to disclose, especially after, again, the 2008 um, mortgage crisis, everything is disclosed. So it's, there's not really hidden costs. Um, mm -hmm. There is one particular cost that does get... Uh, um, uh, missed and most agents are probably just they're just not schooled in it or they forget about it so when somebody buys a home and they buy that house from somebody that maybe bought it 30 years ago and the value of that home when they bought it was let's just make up a number and say it was a hundred thousand dollars well the tax base on that hundred thousand dollars is a thousand bucks a year that's what they pay in taxes now that goes up two percent a year every year so, but after 20 years or so, it's still minimal. They might be up to two grand, um, you know, in taxes or maybe even three grand. But mm. now here you come and buy that house for $800,000. Here's where it gets tricky. It's very detailed. But now your taxes are $8,000, right? Simple math, about 1%, $8,000. The problem is, here's the trick. When you move into that house, everything that we did, and we set all that math up to to have you move into that house, you start paying taxes on the day that house closes escrow. But what you're not really aware of is that by the time the government gets the house reassessed, they start, they've been charging you less money because they're still going on the old assessment of what the old guy was paying. 
And so mm -hmm. they're only receiving the 1,000, 2,000. If it takes a year for them to finally catch up and do it, and that's usually very, very um, uh, typical, very commonplace for the government to be a little late to the show, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes buyers will have to pay their eight grand and then they get another supplemental bill is what we refer to it as. And that comes in and six more grand. And people are like, what the heck? I can barely afford the eight grand. Now I got another mm -hmm. supplemental tax bill that's paying for the difference of what's a little bit hard to understand. Takes probably almost a whole episode to cheer. That's, that's definitely good to know. I had no so, clue about that. Is there a way to mm -hmm. uh, actually prevent that from happening? Like uh, get them to acknowledge it early on so that way you don't end up having to pay that additional charge? Excellent question. And the answer is you cannot because the title company is who would be receiving that money. And so they, they base it on whatever the county records show when they, when they make that transaction or the transition from, from uh, buyers, excuse me, from a seller to now a new owner of that property through what we refer mm. to as the close of escrow. So it can't be fixed. It's simply a, a typical document. There is one other example that I would tell you that is a hidden cost. And I hadn't thought about it until Marcus asked me this question. It's only happened to me one time in my career, and I do not know of another real estate agent that has even uh, experienced this. So if you have an older um, community of listeners to this program, this is pretty amazing. I had an 82-year-old fellow that uh, sold, I uh, helped him sell his home in Concord, California, and he paid off the mortgage about 30 years before I had met with him. And so he had owned the house for about 60 years, I think it was, 55, 60 years, but he paid it off 30 years ago. Well, what happened was when we went to the title company to make sure everything was coming into the title company, the buyer pays all their fees, the seller pays for all their fees. Well, when they did a, a, um, a title search, and a title search is to make sure that, that the title is free of any encumbrances, liens, workers' uh, liens, uh, we call them mechanics liens, all, anything that's out there, they want to make sure it's all clean. Well, there was still a note on the property. Now, here's the thing. The note said it was paid off at zero, but it didn't, they didn't send, and I'm going to say who, they didn't send the seller, and that's the lender did not send the seller this document. It's called the conveyance. And every time when you refinance a home, when somebody refinances and they're no longer the mortgage holder, they send a conveyance that we're done, we've been paid off in full, but also, um, you know, we're no longer have any any hold to your home. Well, it's the same thing when a house is paid for. But in this case, this got real ugly. That bank went out of business. They got paid. They went out of business. They don't even have the name anymore. Well, that title company made this particular seller um, go, get a bond that became a pretty good size. I want to say it was like ten grand that he had to pay which was three times the value of what he had paid for for the home. So he paid 30 grand. He had to get a $90,000 bond on the house um, so that nobody could ever come back to him and say, hey, um, there's money owed on this property. Totally unfair in my opinion, but those are things that, man, that's a hidden cost. And I think that was nine grand he had to pay was the real number, it was 10%. Wow. wow. Isn't that ugly? That's yeah, ugly. I'd be furious. I actually posted that on Facebook on my uh, just personal page telling, you know, anybody that if they've ever, you know, because old people finally pay their house off, you know. Right. So yeah. you just have to make sure when you pay your house off, we don't just depend on the 
the record the county recorder's office to hold the deed in our name. We make sure we get that reconveyance um, from the bank itself. It's like a pink slip, by the way. Yeah, oh, that makes a lot of sense. No, that's definitely cool. Uh, nine nine thousand. My wallet just flipped the fuck over. <laughs> bank account screaming for help. <laughs> that's crazy. Nine grand. Imagine not owing anything for thirty years and then finding out like, no, 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 you still owe us nine grand. You get right? That. Exactly. Yeah. Well, well gotta go get that job at Walmart. For twenty nine years, twenty nine more years, and never got any notice from the bank. Nothing. He didn't owe him anything, but it was the title company that I think kind of gave it to him a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah. So, Who knows? It was the same title company too back then and now. Oh, I mean, it's yeah. possible because there are these title companies—they're all filthy rich. You know, they've been around. Oh for, yeah. Wow. One other thing I'll just share with you that just in my head came up, and I'll just throw it out there if you have other questions. But uh, something that's been recent—if you do have some Bay Area people—we had. Uh, you know, it's funny. These people, meaning me, people that vote, we all forget about this. But when uh, they're asking for different bonds to come in and, oh, sign over this and for whether it's for schools or for whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a, a fee that uh, it takes place in, in Contra Costa County, Alameda County, all the counties throughout the state of California. And it's called a uh, county transfer tax. And so we all pay one dollar and ten cents for every one thousand dollars when we sell our home. So typical home, let's say it's six hundred thousand dollars. You'll pay six hundred and sixty dollars. Not that bad, you know. Um, in the city of Concord, there's no transfer tax. There's no city transfer tax, but you always got to pay that. So now a house is 900000 So typically it'd be about $990 in county transfer tax. Now get this. I sold the house to a, fe- a, a fellow friend of mine, and he lived in San- uh, excuse me, uh, Livermore. Well, Livermore and a few others, uh, don't quote me for sure on all of the, the, the cities, but I think it was um, San Leandro just had an election that we went through that the 2020 election and it just passed that uh that they were going to raise their city transfer tax and at the time again conquers where i'm from so we have no city transfer tax uh i think it, it was at four dollars if i'm not mistaken and it jumped up to 15 dollars to pay for all kinds of little things so not only did the seller have to pay one dollar and ten cents for their uh eight hundred thousand dollar home that i sold for them so it was 880 but they had to pay $15 on every 100,000 on every 1000, excuse me. So that was like an additional 7 grand I think it was. So that was ugly. God damn. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. I'm with Marcus on that. No, that's uh, crazy. Speaking of Marcus, hey, one- well, looks like I'm staying here. Yeah. You're not coming back to California. Uh, since he lives in Texas, and I've at times have had well, I, I've a lot of time, even at the moment, I still do have interest in moving out there. One thing I've noticed with new uh, newer communities that are being built, and I've noticed this happens in other states, is you'll have a uh, a community improvement district tax on your on the new homes to pay for all the streets and 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 all, and all the utilities and everything's been built out. Is does California have that? I've never been able to find out if California has anything like that. I feel like you've done all your homework pretty amazingly. We do. So here's how it works: when the developer comes into an area, they all bid on the job. But there's a huge vacant piece of land that's actually happening in Concord. If you guys are around Concord or that area, the whole Naval Weapon Station. Yeah. Thousands of acres, right? Well, they had like five different, uh, uh, excuse me, um, developers bidding on that. And that was granted from the federal government to the city of Concord because that's where it sits. 
Um, and so what they do is part of the negotiation with the city is they come on, they say, hey, we'll build this amount of houses. And then everybody comes and complains, well, we want parks, we want this. So they got to negotiate it and the city has to listen to the people. And But at the end of the day, the city will come back to the developer and say, well, if you're going to build all these houses and you're going to make all that money like that, then we want you to put streets in. We want you to throw in these parks. We want you to put in a, a, an elementary school. We want you to do all those things. And to your point, yes, they roll that over into us or into the homeowners. Antioch had it uh, very aggressively, also known as Mellow Roost, if you guys remember. Um, and that Mellow Roost was actually uh, based on the square footage of the home or the sales price. And so I had several friends literally 30 years ago in the 1990s when Antioch was first getting built up tremendously. Um, they had three, four hundred dollar additional taxes on their tax bill in a every mm -hmm. month. Um, and so after 30 years, that should be off their 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 bill and, and then it's done. Um, but even the Mellow Roost, we have that in almost every part of um, I would just say Mount Diablo School District, which is sort of in our community. But most school most most schools are taking a little something out of the uh, the old pocketbook, uh, but mm -hmm. it's usually kind of small. <laughs> Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's just crazy. I'm learning a lot right now. It's just like, I, like I said, I've done this research, but I've never spoken with someone in the industry who knows about it. So, so it's it's interesting to hear your perspective and how and how it works. It's just, it, man, it makes the idea of buying a home daunting. I think yeah, Jose's doing one out of the group. Throwing those ideas off at me, like I'm supposed to fucking know. He doesn't get some shit. <laughs> not now. I'm not in the market to buy a house. Right. My credit is horse shit. <laughs> His, his, I mean, his his advice to buy out of state is looking more and more alluring as we speak. Yeah, seriously, it really is. My girlfriend's well, against it, but come on, come on. <laughs> I don't know, man. Your politics are a little rough for me. Dude. I meant them, not you. Sometimes yeah. it's just about math, right? I mean, right. Um, you know, coming from a degree in finance when I first got into real estate, and I, I I was 19, 20, 21 years old, I guess, and I thought, God. Just doesn't even financially make sense 35 years ago to buy in real estate in, in, yeah. in California. Here's the truth. There has only been, and, and this is, I'm going to even just exaggerate a little bit, but it's not really much. As an investment in California, you literally had about 18 months of when it was a good time to buy a home in California. And that was from the period of about 2011 to 2012 and a half maybe 2013, somewhere in that neck woods. 2008 through 2012, the market just completely tanked and you could legitimately put 20% down on a property and get a cash flow. Well, guess what? You can do that in the top 100 metropolitan areas in the United States. You can't touch anything in the state of California with that, except for maybe real rural areas, you know, like Oakdale, California, outside of Modesto. Yeah. Or outside of Bakersfield where it's hot as hell. And I've told my friend, <laughs> come to Texas <laughs> working on it. No, if I don't want to deal with tech, if I don't want to deal with California, you just told Texas. me you want to yeah. move to Las Vegas. Hey, I, my uncle bought a house out there for 267,000. That's not, I, I don't care. Don't, was, don't say you working nice on house. it. If you, if you ain't actually going to come out here, don't say you working on it. Cause I'm gonna tell you to put your money where your mouth is. Well, I'm trying to get hired by a company. It's like, global so we'll see about that no excuses <laughs> trying to transfer from within to my, i'm not trying to go job hunting in another state who knows maybe i will or maybe Actually, this podcast will fund us and we'll it's probably better than job hunting in california 
Probably. Yeah, no, seriously, the, the last two months. Unless you're a coder. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah. so, Michael, what are some of the, like, again, so, so you've been doing real estate since the early 90s. Would you say anything as far as being a real estate agent has changed as far as what you do back, as far as what you did back then compared to now or? Well, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, there's a lot of people that are out trying to tell real estate agents and real estate brokers on how to sell real estate. And oftentimes they haven't sold it themselves. Uh, you know, inspirational, uh, motivational type of people that um, say, oh, you can sell 75 homes a year or 100 homes a year. And they've never sold five homes in their career. Um, at the end of the day, selling real estate is like any type of uh, work. Um, there's some luck involved. Uh, there's some hard work. There's some heavy duty ups and there's some heavy duty downs. Um, as far as the, my, my colleagues in the industry, um, it, there's very low uh, barriers to entry in real estate. In other words, if you can fog a mirror, you can pretty much get licensed as a licensed real estate agent. And, Damn, and that just I tried means, to fog a mirror once and it, it didn't work out. It wasn't for you. <laughs> <laughs> and so now that doesn't mean that you'd be successful in real estate. It just simply means that you can get your license, right? Right. Um, and the, the downside of that statement or that reality is that people that have no ethics um, tend to thrive or, or at least tend to um, uh, get pulled into areas where a lot of money can be made, right? I mean, mm -hmm. anything. And yeah. so, and, and that goes true with anything. The downside of real estate is the very low education levels. And thus you're dealing with people's, you know, oftentimes million dollar houses. Now, shoot, everybody has a million dollar house. That's, that's a, you know, common place. So the answer, or at least the thoughts that I have is that, um, that probably hasn't changed, though, honestly. Julio, that hasn't changed. If anything's changed, technology is certainly, it's lowered the commissions, which, you know, that's fine. I mean, it's, it is what it is. You know, the internet yeah. has allowed buyers to be able to see houses and, and agents don't have a little secret, you know, way to hold that. I don't even know if you guys are familiar with that because you've been probably so um, conditioned mm -hmm. to be having the internet your whole life. No, no, not at all. I actually, no. No? Um, uh, true story here, and Jose could back me on it. Um, when Jose was originally on the house hunt before he, uh, bought his house, I went to go look at a couple of places with him, and I don't know if yep, he had here. the opportunity to virtually tour them, but we had to do the whole, like meet the real estate agent at 10 in the morning. Do the walkthrough. Walk awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, and shoot with, with COVID, I mean, real estate got completely out of hand. Now, I think that's going to come to a little bit of a slowdown or a change because now, you know, there's still a lot of people. I mean, it's hard to believe, but there's still a lot of people that are stuck in their house. And they're not coming out, especially if they're older and maybe, uh, you know, they've got complications of whatever. And so I think you're going to see a lot more of those people finally feel that they can go and move to where maybe their kids are living now. Mm -hmm. And so more inventory will come out. But there's I think you've got 40 percent of the inventory that's lacking. And what's what drives prices, by the way. Prices are driven because buyers don't have any choices. So they're like, do you want this one or do you want that one? <laughs> Pay the seller what they want then. <laughs> That's right. So with yeah. more competition brings uh, uh, more flexibility for the buyer. Thus, they, uh, they get a little bit more choice. And so the sellers have to be more aggressive on their price and compete. All right. Well, that's all the questions. Well, actually, mm. no, nah, that's all the questions. I Not do have one questions. more. Yeah. 
What would you tell somebody who can't afford a 20% down payment on a home right now? Don't buy a house. Bingo. Wow, you know, that was easy. And, <laughs> I, it is. And, I, and I'm, I I'm right answered that. You know, I mean, here's the reason why, and, and, and I'm not being an ass, pardon the expression, but here, here's the reason why I've just found it all, all day long for years that the truth is the banks have the 20% rule of thumb for a reason. And, you know, and when I learned about real estate from my dad, of course, he was not a real estate guy. He was involved in a different type of business. But he had, you know, maybe when I was real young and I was learning, I was asking him, you know, and he had shared with me, nobody ever bought a house without 20% down. Like that's not, you didn't buy a house if you didn't have 20% down because the banks would never give you a dollar if you didn't show them you had something. Damn. And so, you know, you have a vested interest. You know, the reason I say that our, our values won't do the 50 to 70% reduction that they did in the 2007 to 12 is simply because people have a vested interest. The majority of people that have bought these crazy prices, they've still put down 20% in a lot of cases. Now, it's only been over the last year that I get emails every day, just like everybody in their own industry, that's saying, hey, we got a 15% deal now, we got a 10% deal. Well, now we're seeing the last six months, I've seen 5% deals. Well, that does create a flurry of people that cannot afford a home because the reality is, uh, Julio, and this goes directly to your point, if you don't have 20% down, that means your, your payments can be higher. Well, you also don't have 20% down, and this is a little bit rough, because you didn't sacrifice it all in your life by living with five other people or living at your parents' house longer or whatever it was to sacrifice to have that money in your bank. So because you're not able to do that, then you're probably going to not be able to not go out to dinner when you feel like it, when you own a home, because now you got a little bit more expenses. You're not going to you know, get the, the Toyota when you you know, end up with the Mercedes or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Right. Millennial here. And it's, yes. not that we, it's not that we didn't sacrifice. Is that instead of saving that money, we decided to go out and party with our friends. <laughs> true. No, that is and true. Then, and, and, then, and then blame the economy. Yeah. That, I love that. I actually love that. Uh, one of the reasons I love that I can relate to it is probably a, a month ago, I had to do my continuing education, right? And uh, they talk about all the different uh, eras and, and the millennials. And literally, even though I've had clients that are millennials, in fact, I just sold a, a client, a millennial, about three weeks ago. When I read all about it and really got the details, it was like, they just want a better life. They just want like more fun. They just want, and all this stuff. That's so it. to your point, it's true. But the reality is, then it's true to just rent. Enjoy life and rent, and it's okay. Uh, that's what I'm doing right now. I'll tell it's you that okay. right now. This is, that's exactly why I'm doing it, because I understand that when, when you're wanting to purchase a home, it's a completely different level of seriousness. That's yep. right. A lot, of things, a lot of things that I'm enjoying currently, I will not be able to enjoy once I own a home. Amen. Yeah. That's right. Yep. That's it. I, mean, I had my own apartment for two straight years. I had to pay every single bill myself. There were times where I had to think about whether or not I wanted to go out and hang out with people or just stay at home because I didn't want to be the one to get kicked out of my house because I couldn't pay my goddamn bills. Mm. That's strong. That's responsible. I think, I, think, I, I think a lot of people in our generation uh, suffer from the delusion that you could do both. Yeah. Nope. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, if you got you the know, money, it's, then it's yes. A, it's a, but you, you can't. Even if you do have the money, you can't because, yeah, you're going to try to go do both, but you're going to... Um, XOR, yourself um, out of your sorry, you're gonna, you're, yeah, you're gonna screw yourself over your own money. Mm -hmm. At one point, you're gonna party you can live this whole lifestyle. Bills. 
Rebecca, you can live this whole lifestyle and still have everything. Like you can't have your cake and eat it too. Sometimes you got to pick one or the other. Yep. I'm and with Mark on that. Bottom line is, hey, life is short, and there's a time when you got to celebrate and have fun and reward yourself for what you're doing. And, and I know that there's a lot of people that that grew up from an era, and and I helped these people lose their house for them. I sold them a, a, at the time eight hundred thousand dollar house. They couldn't afford eight hundred thousand dollar house. Three years later, they're getting rid of it, and that house sold for three hundred forty thousand dollars. You know, and so the kids that grew up in that environment that saw their moms and their dads lose those homes, that did something to their mind that I don't think well, they will ever forget. You know, that feeling of being kicked out of your home when you're 13 years old, or maybe you're 16 years old and you're in high school. That's no good. You experience I'm one that. one of those kids, bro. That's I right. I experienced that. That's right. Yeah. And so that's something that and you've told your mind. I don't care if you go to therapy for the rest of your life. There's going to be something in your head that's going to say, dude, I don't ever want to have that experience ever again. Right. Yeah. And you know what? Definitely. That's okay. Like I had had a similar experience. It wasn't losing the house. It was more like they. So PG&E came to cut off the power because my mom hadn't paid the bill. So I didn't know how much it was. So I was sitting there like, okay, look, I got money. I'm not paying rent. Might as well just go ahead and pay the bill. So that way I don't. I can surf the fucking internet and play my damn video games because that's all I gave a damn about. So I paid the damn thing, and he had, and, and he said, he was like, wow, dude, like, it, it was that easy? I was like, no, it was not that, that easy. Like, I went from just living at home with my parents, not even giving a damn, having responsibilities, except for going to work and keeping my car up and paying my phone bill, to paying a bill in this house. And I realized, okay, damn, uh, when I actually move out, this is the type of shit I'm going to have to decide whether or not I can pay this bill. Or go out and do shit and waste my money on shit that, that you know, it's momentary or That's material. Right. It's true. So I think that, you know, I'm a big fan of, of, of balance. I'm a big fan of balance. And I think balance does come with sacrifice, enjoyment, work hard, play hard. I mean, that's balance. You know, peace of mind isn't found by hustling all the time. Peace of mind isn't found by being buried by a home. And so there are people, you know, everybody's got a different walk to life, you know, and the people that can afford an $800,000 house, hey, good for them. The people mm-hmm. can afford a, you know, I'll I, I give you a, a quick, easy example. It's interesting. This was probably 15 years ago. I, uh, I, I got invited to come over to a guy's house. He wanted me to sell it. He's like, well, I don't live there. So just meet me over the property. I rent it out. Long story short, and and I don't know if this, this is going to go anywhere, but it was interesting. This guy bought a brand new condo and literally put an ad in the paper. It was a one-bedroom, one-bath, 650-square-foot condo in North Concord, on in Northwood. That's the name of the street, Northwood in Concord. And that guy had his first call as a guy that wanted to come out and rent the place. And this is no joke. That fellow rented the place. For 23 years, he bought that place for 25, 27,000. And I found out that the guy I was having a deal with was the renter. And I said, holy shit, you've been here for 23 years, bro. You rented this thing for this. This guy's seven years short of just paying this whole thing off. And he was as humble as humble can be. And he said, you know what? I've had a good life. He said, here's the deal. I got a gambling problem and I could never afford to, to buy this place. Because I, I would have always, always been worried that I would have lost it anyway. Mm. And, and mm. I felt bad for the guy. 
But the truth is, he had a decent life. You know, he had an old lady that, you know, nice, you know, nice lady. I mean, they were probably in their 50s at this point, 60s. And uh, so to each his own, man. To each his own. You always got to know where you stand. That's yeah. it. And if you got a lot, then try to give a lot. If you got nothing, then try to just do what you can. Yeah, and, and Michael Jose here is that kind of segues away to my next question. You know, you mentioned giving a lot, and you know, one of our fellow friends from the pod, uh, Chris Espinosa, had mentioned that you do a lot of work for the community. You know, you you have been giving back. You mind highlighting for our audience? You know, so what are some of the things you've been doing to help the community? Oh man, that's really I appreciate. It. I didn't see that one coming, but um, you know, probably as far back as I can remember, I, you know, because I have been blessed in a lot of ways. I uh, I try to inform people. I try to, you know, I uh, so one of the things is, uh, and I don't know how I met Chris necessarily, but I know that I've spoken at a lot of high schools. Um, I speak on uh, different topics, but a lot of those topics relate to uh, stress and anxiety. Um, so I go to schools. I've been all over the country and have gone to uh, colleges as well. I was the uh, uh, the chairman of a board. Uh, called the AHA movement, and that AHA stands for anti-hazing awareness. Um, because I met a woman that her that her son had uh, been involved in a hazing incident, and that boy, uh, you you guys might remember this. It happened in Chico State, I think it was like May something or other, uh, 2005, and they forced him to drink water. Yeah, and all he did was drink water. Well, he oh, ended up yep. dying. Oh yeah, he died. Yeah, I remember that. Overhydrated. Okay. And so I met this lady and, and I just, I was like so blown away that that took place. So I asked her, hey, you want to go around and, and teach people hazing you know, bullshit? This is crazy. You know, like you're, you're friends, we're brothers. So just do what I do. And even though I did it, it was dumb, but let me make you do it. And it was dumb. And, and so uh, all of that being said, that, that was kind of uh, something I, I really found myself uh, pulled in that direction. Um, I won't get into it too much, but I, I did write a book uh, called Fearing Nothing. And this book is... Uh, is all about, I don't know if you can see it at all, I know there's got some light going on yeah. here, but uh, this book was uh, written by me, and it became bestseller on Amazon, uh, number one, and the reason it hit number one, it was timing, I got lucky, I was lucky because of this sad thing, Robin Williams, Kate Spade, all these super popular people were killing themselves because they were having a tremendous amount of anxiety, you know, too much, they wanted the million, and I'm not saying these guys couldn't afford it, they could all afford it, right? right. But it's the people that are, that are uh, overwhelmed, they wanna have the house, they wanna have the cake and eat it too, like Marcus said. And, and, and you know what, it's sometimes it's not possible. You cannot have the cake, eat it too, make it, bake it, take it, all that stuff, and then tell your friends everything's cool. No, it ain't cool, there's lots of things, it's hard, life is tough, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And so, that, that book came out and it just was just luck, you know, I hit the timing lottery and uh, because it was about, uh, uh, it hit it mostly in work environments. You know, it's funny, I got a great story about it, so I won't get into it unless you guys want to hear it, but in a nutshell, I gave a speech and 500 people were there and I, I in my head thought, hey, there may be two people that had the problem I had, which, which was like an anxiety disorder. I was too wound up, too stressed out. You can hear it, I'm a pretty fast paced guy. You know, you, most people mm -hmm. think I'm on coke or whatever. But I just have energy, you know, and unfortunately that energy gets away from me sometimes and then I just get spun out, if you will. But I, I figured there was going to be two people in the crowd and literally, this is no joke, out of the about 450 people, uh, quite frankly, but every single person in that room raised their hand when I asked, has anybody experienced depression, anxiety attack, or just flat out just lost control of themselves? And of course, I would think the answer would be no, you know, like most people don't have that. Um, but everybody related to it. 
And, and I think uh, it became number one in stress management. And so companies realize that all of their employees are stressed out. So, you know, we're all trying to strive for this big house, but I do think, you know, in a full circle here, these houses are not worth what they're selling for, guys. And uh, I don't think you're too far off on the, on the path by not owning a home. So don't, don't beat yourself up because that's not going to do anything. But I think that uh, rational thinking is what I've seen you guys do on this show. Um, and, and you make fun of it, and it's all fun, and that's what gives us uh, you know, good humor about life. We deal with it. But at the end yeah. of the day, I think that you're going to find that more people will be able to afford more homes, and it's just a matter of us figuring out the solutions to it. And, uh, and that usually comes down just with more inventory, one way or another. No, the only thing awesome about money. that is if you do find a solution to it, you know, most people are like, oh, I can make you know, a billion dollars with this idea. Let me hoard it. And make money off it instead of just sharing it with the people so everyone else can do just about as better as you. So let me help you understand where I refer to, Mark, because I appreciate you pointing that out. So here's what I mean by a solution to it. You know, I'm not saying that I'm going to have, hey, you guys all want to move in my house. I got a big pad. You know, uh, that's not what I'm saying. I I'm saying that, the room? that one of the solutions that's been happening all over the place is <laughs> tiny houses. I don't know if you guys are familiar with them, yep. but yeah. you know, and the reality is maybe that's what we have to do. Maybe we don't have to live in these McMansion houses. Maybe we got to be in a, you know, 500 square foot home. These things are, are, are 90 square feet, by the way. So it's like a bedroom, but, but crazy impressive on the amount of stuff and storage and things. And, um, you know, cause we got a lot of population, but the bottom line is prices will not last like this because even the people buying them are saying bro i, mean, I don't have anywhere to go yeah that's right and and here's here's the bottom line what's the okay point? get in the house can they keep making that payment for 30 years that's 360 times they got to make that monthly payment Jesus and, and even if you could what would be the point right like yeah. if you live in a 15 bedroom house but you only have three kids what's the point that's right you're yeah, living three bedrooms at a time. That's all you can do. That's wait, are, wait are they Catholic? <laughs> 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 I, I'm just saying, if they can't, that would make sense then. Everybody no, no, no. But like, okay, like, okay, so think about it. Everybody, everybody wants to wrap her home, right? Like, think about yeah. it. Right yeah, now, I currently have a three-bedroom home. It's just my wife and I. We have a roommate, and I'm currently sitting in the office. Yeah. But my wife and I plan to have two kids eventually. So this would be the ideal home for us. That's right. And even then we're looking around like, damn, this place is hella fucking big. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what I would do with more space. That, that's what no, baffles I, me. No, when I'll, man I'll, cave. I'll, man I'll cave with a projector. See, that, that's exactly it. That's, that's wanting your cake and eating it too, because then you want your man cave. Once you get your man cave, you're going to want a bowling alley in the basement. One you know what I mean? Like, room, you see all these the rappers. The we, grew up watching, we grew up watching MTV Cribs. And we want a house just like that, but we Hold don't up. even understand why we want Hold it. Hold up, bowling alley, bowling alley in the basement, bro. I'm gonna build that shit in the side wall. Three <laughs> <laughs> D side wall. Okay. Hey, you know, bro. I'm not trying to promote a commercial. I really am not. But uh, you know, I had another book that I wrote uh, three years after I wrote that first book on on stress and anxiety. And my story is really simply this: I wrote this I wrote this book because I was about ready to give a huge presentation at a teacher association, there was thousands of teachers there and I was there to talk to them about their kids and how to get them to have more balance and, uh, and, 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 and teach them how to manage teenagers in high school. 
And the night before, I said to myself, when I was kind of preparing, just going over some stuff, trying to be in, making sure I was right on the path, and I asked myself, you know, is that everything? Do I got everything? Is everything I've got, I'm gonna lay it out there for them. And immediately I had this thought, it's like, no. Uh, my, my, my information, what I'm gonna share, is not what I really wanna talk about. And what I really wanted to talk about was, was this right here. And I don't know if you can see it just because the lighting and all that, but it's attitude. It influences everything. And so to your point exactly, to me, it's about attitude. You gotta be grateful. And I love the fact that you're grateful that you're like, man, this place is, I got everything. And, and you do, you're breathing, you do. And so I've been ungrateful parts of my life and I've had a, a burning desire to prove myself for some reason, I'm not too sure why, uh, but at the end of the day, I'm aware of it, and, and I know that it uh, it didn't make me any happier. I mean, that's the fact. I mean, that didn't make me any happier. I, I, uh, I agree. So yeah. I think it's part of learning. Yeah. It's part of the process that uh, uh, we can all do better, but it takes attitude of gratitude, attitude of being thankful, attitude of doing the right thing. And I think you guys, I love the fact that you guys have put something together because you're the entrepreneurial spirit of America and how, how, how America was built, frankly. And so... Yes, I think you guys have awesome stuff. Oh, thank I you. appreciate that. Thank so, you. like, um, when you talk about attitude, as far as your your book that you're talking to us about just now, um, are you saying that like you know like cutthroat attitude? Like, what what do you refer to when you when you talk about attitude? Ooh, I think it good. means that's confidence. Good. So 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 it's so this is what's great about the book. First of all, I wrote the book because I I like to read, but I I don't like I I like I like. Uh, mindset information but it's always like god I, I can't read it. i never finish them so i'm on audible right I, I do all the audio listening because i just like it i'd rather be in my car and just getting pounded this stuff yep. so the answer is i wrote a book that's got 88 pages and you can read it within one hour and an attitude it influences everything i've got it broken down so the word attitude is an acronym for basically the the nine letters that come across to show what is attitude about? What is what does it incorporate? What are the what are the chapters about? So you'll see, you know, T is for thoughts. Another another one is intention for the I. Uh, U is for understanding. Bro, you can have uh, that mean aggressive attitude, and that's not the attitude I'm talking about. You need the U for understanding people, trying to comprehend where are they coming from, so I can come in with the right attitude. Right, the A is about approach, coming in with the right approach. There's people that have had it far worse than me. I can't come in there acting like I'm somebody that, you know, that's all that, and they're going to be like already ditching me, not even wanting anything to do with me because of the way I'm approaching it. And anything, the way we approach our teachers, family, friends, wives. You know, wives are tough, bro. You approach them the bro, wrong way, and it's over. You I, lose before you start. I'm sold. Can I get an audible? Signed version of this book. I love it. I don't actually have the Audible. I got the Audible for the other one. That'd be like seven minutes on Audible, right? Really how fast I talk. Shit, I'll buy it. But I definitely, I definitely would love to send you guys. I'd buy it because it just, it just sounds like you're rapping to us the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. the language. It would be a oh, seven-minute rap song. You're good. <laughs> yeah, we don't have too many of those. Oh, man. All well, right. I get excited about that because I honestly believe there's a lot of important things in life. But attitude, if you can figure out a way to master a good attitude. So the answer is it's about good attitude, the right attitude. And what is the right attitude? In every situation in life, there's different right attitudes, right? The way we talk with you know, our neighbors, the way we talk. And that doesn't mean we're playing fake. We're just trying to become the best we can be with the right 
speaking ability, listening ability, doing the right thing, so on and so forth. I completely yep. agree. With uh, that. That's super relatable. Actually, I was at a car shop not too long ago, and it happened to be a Monday, and the guy just kind of went on a you know little discussion about how people's attitudes towards Monday just kind of made it like the worst day of the week. I mean, it really doesn't have to be. You know, we already come with that preconceived notion that oh, it's Monday, it's gonna be a crappy day. I'm, I'm gonna be sluggish, and it's kind of like oh, a self fulfilling prophecy. I woke up this they morning and I was like, "Today's gonna be a good no, day." No, it's Sunday. Yeah, Everybody knows it's Sunday. <laughs> they say that the majority, and I don't remember the statistic, but something crazy like sixty percent of all heart attacks happen on Monday morning. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that. Jeez, Tuesday morning, crazy. No, well, I, I made it through this Monday, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Not this week, not yet at least. I don't know, man. You've had some close calls. I have. That's awesome. And I weigh more than you. You do. <laughs> so this is this is a question that we ask every guest, Michael. Please. Should Julio shave that mustache? <laughs> I think it's actually he looks like Mario Kart. So I'm like <laughs> that a lot. I swear I, to God, I, I thought he was going to say, look, it's Officer Rod Farva's twin from Super Troopers. Oh, <laughs> and, and Ricky, way yeah. to get an answer there, because that's not something we ask every guest. Yeah. Julio's got to get off the show. Every guest has to analyze his face. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, shit. Too that's close. Probably, that's probably, it's probably why he called in sick like the first two or three episodes <laughs> of season two. No, I had a really wicked bad food poisoning. I think I was talking to Michael as I was recovering from it. Uh, that was that was fun. Marcus, do you have any more questions? That's it. Yeah, Marcus, what's up with this? What's up with this drone situation? Oh yeah, so my mom is starting her own aerial photography business targeted with drones. Um, her main target is real estate agencies, where she's basically trying to get them to uh, become her clients to do aerial photography for the. Uh, for the properties that they're, you know, showcasing, because sure. not a lot, of, not a lot of guys do that shit to like show them what everything looks like above. So um, she asked me to ask you, um, do you have any advice on procuring clients or trying to convince them to, um, you know, use her services in order to kind of help enhance the buying process for their clients or whatever? Well, that's good. I, that's a fantastic question. I love helping other people. If I can help them, you know, help her have a better business. So here's here's my take on it. I probably get two to three of those emails. And I don't want to exaggerate, but I, I'm thinking, I feel like two to three a day. But let's say three a week. I get about three a week, maybe four a week um, from people that have the 360. That might even be the name of a company. Uh, drones. Uh, they call them different names. But here's the bottom line. It's about persistence. She needs to go to the real estate offices. And, and, and I'll tell you, if it was me, this is what I would do. She's got to do it free. Do it free. Do it free for a couple agents because those agents will be her, her, her client for their life. Like if, if she does it for free and the next one she says, hey, you know, throw me 25 bucks, whatever. Because it's usually about 100 bucks, I think, for the package from what I've seen. But once she, once she does a few free ones, then those people are going to be are going to be excited to be able to use her, uh, and they'll be calling her every single time they get a list. And the average agent, by statistics, by the way, is 1.1 sales per licensed uh, real estate agent in the country. Now that that's not enough to live on, but I would say your average decent realtor does about 15 deals a year. And so mm -hmm. you know, it's, 
you know, fifteen hundred bucks from one one gal, she gets 10, 15 people. That's fifteen grand. I just feel strongly that uh, I'm a believer in giving value first. And if she does that, or she says, "Hey, I'll do it for fifty bucks," you know, and and uh, puts a presentation together. But once she gets a couple, then they're going to turn into a couple more. Um, that'd be my best guess. Give away yeah. some stuff, man. Let her let them see that she can do it. She doesn't even need to be hired. Put the find out when it comes on market. Do it all herself. Throw her, throw them some free stuff, and boom, she's rolling. Give them value first. Give that sounds give, like our content. Give her the way the goods first, bro. That's right, man. That's right. <laughs> Isn't that what I'm doing with your wife's podcast? <laughs> oh yeah, we were editing their stuff for free. Nah, you charge her fifty dollars. Oh, no. oh. fifty bucks flat rate. That's total. The package not, normally not per episode. So they're just starting out. I'm not about to like. Uh, listen, listen. You did our podcast for free in our refrigerator to somebody, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's right. Just prove Michael's point. Yes, you did. <laughs> All right, guys. Any more questions? We can get started to the more uh, fun part. Of the segment. Nah, that's going? pretty much it. So yeah, I, I, I guess go I ahead and get off. Up to Michael. If Michael wants to hang around, keep joking around with us, or he sure. wants to. Call us to call it an iPhone. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and get to the, the good shit. Let me go ahead and start off by throwing this dirty joke out there. So how do you embarrass an archaeologist? No clue. Give him a used tampon and ask him which period it came from. Nice. <laughs> wow. Nice. Damn. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Oh man, that'll show them. That's, All right, that's dirtier than dirt. <laughs> it's probably covered in dirt. <laughs> God damn! What? The, what? Never mind. I'm not even gonna I'll, ask. But I'm I, was, not, I, was, no. I was thinking the same thing you were thinking, bulls. <laughs> yeah, it's an archaeology. That ain't dirt. Getting. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, oh, let me stop before we trigger somebody. All right. So look what I found. All right. So first up, we got uh, an Atlanta defunded police backer who gets his car stolen by some kids in broad daylight. This is hilarious to me. Did this happen to Akon this... in Atlanta also? I have no idea. But the fact that like you're against defunding the police... And and don't get me wrong, I completely understand that the defund the police movement isn't actually about getting rid of all the funding for the police department and and instead better allocating that money towards other programs. But the fact that you're so intent on this and the first thing do you do as a reaction is call nine one one tells you why we need nine one one. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, no, 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 no. If you if you support this movement, I'm sorry, you you don't get a pass. You gotta just well, guess I got to go get another car now. Hey, boy, oh, they, defunded, they defunded the police, so all you could call is nine. <laughs> nine. <laughs> you get the that 11 is gone. He's, he's running for mayor now, so I think he, he backtracked and he said he doesn't really advocate for defunding the police, but just changing kind of the, the way that things are done. Whatever that Isn't means. Isn't it amazing that the moment something happens to you, you automatically start backtracking? Yeah. And I think we got footage. Let's go ahead and roll the clip. Brown was out of his car meeting with community leaders when he says a group of very young thieves jumped in his car and took off. Fox Live's Patty Pan spoke to the councilman. She joins us now live tonight with more. Patty, what did he tell you? Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, the councilman tells us that police actually have found his car, but really we don't have any other details than that. Now, the councilman also said he never saw it coming. He tells us he was literally three feet, three or four feet away from his car when he believes what appeared to be four young children, he says no more than 11 or 12 years old, got into his car. But really what's most shocking is he believes that one of the children was no more than six or seven years old. And at the time he saw them, he says they were holding a toy. There was no care for loss of life and for themselves or, or myself. Atlanta Councilman and mayoral candidate Antonio Brown says what happened to him in his district in the Dixie Hills community in northwest Atlanta is a perfect example of what is happening to our youth and why we as a society need to step up and help. Councilman Brown tells Fox 5 four young children stole his white Mercedes coupe just before noon Wednesday and at the time he was standing just a few feet away speaking with community leader Ben Norman. One kid was in the driver's seat Ben attempted to open the door uh, to get him out of the car. He fought with Ben. I then engaged and tried to get him out of the car. The three other kids were trying to figure out to get in the car or stay out of the car. He started to hit on the gas. Ben let go, and then the kid started to drag me in the car a half of a block. Officers were called to Verbena Street in northwest Atlanta. According to Councilman Brown, he turned off his car, which has a keyless start, got out of the car, and was standing nearby when he says he noticed four Four young children, no more than 11 or 12 years old, the youngest possibly six or seven, walking around a nearby store, and within seconds, they were in his car. One of them jumped in on the passenger side, hopped over real quick, and started the car up. It's one of those keyless cars yeah. where you just push the button, and, you know, quickly, you know, we try to go there, and we're going to maybe try to get the kid out of the car or something, but like, what do you do to a kid, right? Right. You know, it's like... Yeah, so he'd already started, figured out, I mean, they had plans, they knew what they were going to do. Just hit the gas and he pulled off, peeled out, and took off. Generational poverty has gone on long enough. It's time that we start addressing the root of this problem, because there's no amount of officers you're going to put on the streets in Atlanta that could have stopped this from happening. Now, again, Atlanta police still investigating this case. No word yet, yet, rather, if anyone has been arrested. But coming up at 6, find out what Councilman Brown wants to happen or not happen to these kids if and when they're caught. For now, that is the latest outside Atlanta police headquarters. I'm Patty Pan, Fox yeah, 5. Back. Yeah. Okay. Jesus Christ. That's wild. So, so there were 6 to 12 years old, those kids? 6? Yeah, wow. that's what he said. Six years old to twelve years old. Yeah, yeah, there were six to twelve year old kids that stole his car. Dang, damn! That, I bet one of them said, "Pull over!" I forgot my juice box. That, yeah, that, <laughs> that reminds me of the Oakland situation. Did you guys, did you guys catch that one? Where, uh, a lady in Oakland was flagged down by a kid, by a bunch of kids, and they told her that her wheel was flat. So then, when she pulled over and got out to check, they all jumped in the car and drove off. <laughs> oh man so brutal. Oh, uh, she man. left the keys in the ignition too didn't Bro, she? I'm sorry that's one time I'm I'm not stopping yeah why would you leave your kids in the car your keys in the car that's so stupid even if it's a push to start All right, I'm turning thing as off. hell I could see that happening I could see that happening some kids pull over like hey you're tired you're tired so I take the keys out. out when I, I, I take the keys out. out with my girls in the car when I stop to go get something. I mean, I can well, see that stuff happening somewhere in like Livermore or Concord or Danville. 
You know what I mean? But nobody that grew, yeah, nobody that grew up in like Richmond yeah, or Oakland is that stupid. <laughs> Never <laughs> something like that. Man, and, and remind me to send you guys this clip. Uh, my wife sent me this video of this like little boy in Mexico that was basically driving for Uber. The Uber guy. His... I sent you that. <laughs> oh wait, did you send me that? I sent then... you guys that to the group chat. Oh, that's right. That's right. Well, you're, you're, you're my second <laughs> wife. Hey, hey, guys, I guess we're, I guess we're married Jose now. Just lo- Jose just low-key called Ricky his wife? Yeah, he no, called him I his second guess, wife. He's I guess wife. we're married now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, so, so that video that Ricky shared with us, that little kid was a boss. It was like driving Uber. The lady was terrified in the back. He's like, no, no, I'm going to drop you off safely. Calmese, calmese. Usted que no, no, no pasa nada. Everything will be fine. Just, just, just calm down. Have you seen that video, Michael? Because I will send it to Julio so he can send it to you. It's hilarious. It's a little kid driving Uber. He looked like he was at least eight. Eight to (laughs) ten. That's hilarious. That's awesome. I don't even know. The lady's like, hey, are you even old enough to dress? She's like, hey, calm down. Nothing's happening. Don't worry. I'll get you where you need to go. She's probably a tourist from the U.S. (laughs) Wow. That boy had some street smarts, huh? <laughs> the yeah. worst part, the crazier part was that he was driving a stick shift. It wasn't even an automatic car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That boy took hustling to a whole new level. Yeah. Well, that guy is probably one of the little people. That's his all. He was probably some, you know, dwarf. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just thought he put some extra mods on his big wheel. <laughs> Oh man. All right, so moving on. Um, so y'all remember that uh chick who basically called the police on a bird watcher in Central Park last year? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Central Park Karen is back at it again. Well, not really. She's suing her former place of empl- employment, Templeton. It's a uh, financial institution. Yeah, they're an investment firm. Yeah. Hence the word financial institution. Anyway. So she's suing them for wrongful termination, saying that she is being discriminated against because she was fired, even though the company fired her due to the negative press she was garnering due to that viral video. Hmm. And in fact, we got a clip of that one. Let's go ahead and roll it. Known as Central Park Karen, now filing suit against her former employer. Her name is Amy Cooper. She's accusing Franklin Templeton of wrongful termination. The financial company fired Cooper as the outrage over her racist rant hit a fever pitch a year ago right now. Cooper claims they nurtured the idea that the confrontation was a racial flashpoint. She also claims there should have been an investigation before her dismissal. Man, the world is crazy, isn't it? It's hard to even watch the news. That's painful. That's not so even I, the I worst. I had a hard time figuring out. First of all, I was like, okay, well, what's race got to do with it? So it was a black guy that was that was uh, filming her? No, so he was bird watching, and she let the dog off the leash in an area of Central Park where it's illegal to let the dog off the leash. Right, right. So he asked her to put the dog on the yeah. leash, and she, I'm assuming she started getting kind of hostile towards him, so he pulled out his phone and started recording her. Right. So she asked him to stop recording, and that's when that whole shit started. Yeah, got it. She's crazy, bro. She's a freak. <laughs> And, and I, ahead, I think she now. knew. Go ahead, go ahead, Rick. Nah, bro, go ahead. I was like, like I, I think she knew exactly what she was doing. You know, they all she, she emphasized African American like twice. You know, she mm-hmm. and she basically said like, if you don't start recording me, I'm gonna call and say an African American man is threatening my life. Well, exactly. What I don't understand is what what was even the point? Like, what, what he didn't even do anything. He didn't even move at, even towards her. You know, so I that's that's a crazy white girl. 
And I feel like she the dog didn't want to be. She didn't want to be confronted. Yeah. White while doing something illegal because she knew that she wasn't supposed to have her dog off leash. Okay. And that's all he asked. All he did was. I, I checked the. I checked the. Uh, the whole the rules. There are areas in Central Park where you can let your dog off the leash. That okay. is not one of them. That's not one of them. Yeah, it's one of those right. bird yeah, sanctuary areas. areas. That's possible. So it, it's an area called the Ramble or the Rambler or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Ramble area, but it's a Burke Sanctuary area. Yeah, he was bird watching. So, yeah. So mo- it's it's like, the same thing as like when I go walk my dog at Point Isabel. If it's low tide, I'm not supposed to let him out into the bay mm-hmm. because it's a bird sanctuary at time where birds right. can feed and stuff like that. Right. Uh-huh. So, my take so, on that in a nutshell, Marcus, is pretty straightforward. I look at it and I say, hey, if I'm Templeton and we, you know, it's like you said, it's a financial institution. And I'm the manager or I'm running the show up there. I'm like, and I saw a video of one of my employees in that situation. Bro, we're like, that girl, that she may, she's going to be a problem. If it isn't on this deal, it's going to be on another deal. She's, she's got problems. Yep. So I, I, well, she, she is suing Templeton because she's saying that she got fired due to racial discrimination. If she had and not also, been a white woman, she would not be fired. And also, she also said that that man also had in another uh, run-in with another person who let their dog off the leash, and that he basically verbally attacked them, even though there was no proof of that whatsoever happened. Okay. That happened. My question is, again, he emphasized me, where is that other person? That did happen? He's just kind of like being a citizen's arrest guy. He's if that's really the law that you're not supposed to have, it, he's kind of making sure that people are doing the right thing. It's funny, whenever mm-hmm. they catch these Karens on camera doing shit like this, and I guess we can also call them Carl's or Keith or whatever whatever the hell the male version Kevin's. is. Kevin's. 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 Like, it, it, like, you notice that the one who's holding the phone isn't doing anything most of the time. They're just sitting there letting them basically light themselves on fire. Not right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I'm like, have, like, I have to ask, like, you've seen all these other viral videos that have gone viral of people doing stupid shit. You didn't think maybe, okay, maybe I should stop because this could reflect negatively on me. Exactly. Correct. Or better, it's just like, I don't give a damn. I can't even imagine being the attorney to take that case. You know, you, I mean, you, you I, gotta be you gotta be loony as hell to think that's a viable case for you. Exactly. Like, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure when the call came in, somebody was like, "Yo, so." uh Central Park Karen needs a lawyer. Anybody want it? Everybody's like, yeah. Rudy Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani stepped right up. <laughs> Rudy, you, you're leaking again. Get the hell out of here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah that's, that's got no chance of winning, though. I'm no chance. Like, it is well within their right to terminate you if you reflect negatively on the company. And the simple fact that people can find out where you work. Next thing you know, you start losing clients by the buttload. Right. Yeah, they're going to get rid of you. It was not wrongful termination. You did something stupid, and now you face the consequences. Right. Well, sure so how do you how do you do like, some racist and then claim that you were being hated on for being white, like for your own race? Yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't guess remember, but when that thing went viral, of course she tried to do damage control, and she issued a press release the very next day, apologizing yeah, to Mr. Cooper, basically said like, you know what? I was in the wrong. I was doing something illegal. Uh, Mr. Cooper was just, you know, basically telling me to do the right thing. Um, he had the right intentions. Yada yada yada. And, and they even got his response to that. And he said, "I don't think she should have lost her job. I don't think anything bad should have happened to her. I just wanted her to put her dog on a leash." 
I'm loving that Sopranos lighting that Michael has. <laughs> I'm still going with what I felt from a very, very instant feeling. She's a freak. She no, I, I love the Soprano lighting that you got going on. <laughs> I, I might ask for a favor, bro. Oh, man, let me, I got to leave. I can't handle this anymore. I hear Trump. Oh, <laughs> Scared him off. Well, <laughs> so so now you guys you guys saw in, in the lawsuit basically she's claiming that Mr. Cooper was targeting her specifically. Yeah, because you two were the only ones in the area of a you bird sanctuary, off a leash. and you let your fucking dog off the leash. Maybe he I'm too opinionated. I don't even see why people are even looking at birds like that in some special spot. But you know, that's a whole different can of worms. Yeah, I think. I think well, it's the only kind of thing was that gets to see bird days. watching. Really? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you got a dog and you're yeah. bird watching? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, that's just like people going to the dog park and you got a big ass dog and they try to stop you from going into the park. Yeah. Man, that dog is too big, bitch. If you don't move, I'm going to sick my dog on you and then we can both find out if he's big enough. <laughs> so I have a question for you, gentlemen. A, a one question for all. Uh, who's the brains behind all of this? That would be Marcus, because honestly, he had his own little podcasting going on beforehand. It was it was one of those like um, Peter Griffin, you know, where really grinds my gears type of situations. In fact, my title was stolen from one of his favorite catchphrases. Yeah, so, had that. yeah so it was his idea for the podcast. And then once he kind of run out of topics that he wanted to essentially go on he uh tried to bring us all along and he pitched it to us sort of what we're doing now but we all kind of got to put in our two cents and kind of tweak it to where we're at exactly now and yeah so if it wasn't for marcus we wouldn't have even done this yep you guys guys different lines of work too totally different random has nothing to do with yeah yeah nothing at all like i i generally like honestly on monday i'm currently unemployed so on monday (laughs) on monday i start a job delivering uh exercise equipment for fitness 360. so essentially like you're a a full-time podcaster right now you're full-time currently yeah currently a full-time podcaster Podcaster. (laughs) (laughs) that's the job of the week that's what you tell the irs uh, who does all the uploading and all that stuff is that marcus marcus does all the editing and uploading yeah, see, I have a, I've got a degree in video game design as well as visual effects and special effects and all that. And oh, cool. I've worked with all of these programs like for the last ten to twelve years. So it only made sense that I'd be the one to do all the editing since I know how to do everything. Sure. And it's by far the easiest stuff I could possibly do. Like this stuff is not hard at all to me. And then who does all the Instagram stuff? Do you split that up? You everybody try to do something different? Yeah. So. Uh, Jose's Instagram, uh, Marcus is TikTok, Julio is Facebook, and I believe Snapchat. But he's currently working on getting that off the ground. Yeah, and I work the Twitter account. But depending on, so for example, our TikTok and our Instagram account have definitely taken off. Things nice. that I've learned, things that I've learned from being on Twitter is simply the fact that it's just podcasters uplifting each other. Where there's really no like room for growth i for example the last almost month i've done nothing after explaining this to these guys and i think we've gained at least 30 followers yeah same here it's it's one of those situations like once you're part of the community you gain followers but there's really not much you can do as far as like 
recommending your own podcast to people asking for podcast recommendations Got because it. all they will do is like the fact that you you recommended it, but they won't actually take the time to follow you or listen to you at all. That's it. Okay. Same thing with Facebook. It's so over flooded that I can follow a million other podcasts and, and they'll follow back. And occasionally we'll get like a couple extra views every week or a couple or maybe like a couple new likes and yeah, yeah. All we really do is just upload the videos and just let yeah. those kind of just marinate and do their thing. Yeah. And, and I, I would say, like, if the podcasters follow you back, you know, they don't always engage with your content. So yeah. they're just a number. Like, I'm yeah, still it, searching it, for podcasters it, on TikTok, and it's mostly just individuals with their mm-hmm. own platforms. Do you ever get on a uh, another podcast with the four of you guys? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We've done yeah. a ton of episodes like that. Yeah, cool. Like four or five. We've yeah, yeah about, four, about five. About five. Four or That's five. Cool. Yeah. And then we've had yeah, a bunch of all, guests. We're on always hoping show. to go on someone else's show just because it, it's fun. Yeah. Why? Why do you have a podcast, Michael? Do you want us to come on? No, no, I don't. I uh, <laughs> I don't. It's it's life is moving so fast, bro. I mean, you guys are sort of more <laughs> grown up with it than uh, than me, you know. And so it's uh, I mean, there's so many mediums of. I mean, it's like, dude, you just mentioned seven different, you know social media yeah. it's insane how many mediums there is out there to express yourself in and exactly. there are so many that i honestly believe that it starts to become white noise yeah oh yeah i think you're right i think you're right i i uh i wonder sometimes if it's just better to stay with one or two and really focus all the energy on that and then until that, until you kill it in that one area, or you get up to the thousands, or if you can get up to hundreds of thousands, if once you hit that, then you can open it. I just don't know. I mean, I, you guys would know more than me. That's I, I, I would focus on. I would honestly agree because we focused on different avenues individually, and I honestly believe, like, if any one of us had to do all of our social media like footprint, it, it wouldn't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, that actually yeah. what was that that that's what happened when we first started, and to, and then we decided to start delegating. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, what yeah. was it like? We 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 figured out that like you have to spend at least four hours a day, at least on, four hours. It's a part time job. Yeah, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. With yeah. TikTok, yeah. it's all yeah. video. So your fifth season, when all of a sudden you start getting popular. I mean, that's the one thing I have heard from. From a lot of different uh, uh, people that have been, become pretty popular in their 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 genre, if you will, is it yeah. takes four or five seasons sometimes, you know, 10, 15 yeah. episodes at a piece, and then all of a sudden they hit out of the park. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, for us, as far as as far as it goes, like we've decided to go with twenty six episode seasons. Okay. And yep. this this season seems to be the one where we've gotten most people that want to like do collaborations with us cool yeah uh, it's just like anything yeah I mean, well, to be honest the, the first season kind of tanked just because yeah. of the whole us getting kicked off of youtube the first time and we had to re-upload our videos yeah so we ended up losing thousands of views from that uh, first account so when we re-uploaded we're, we're it, we didn't get the too. same we didn't get the same response because everyone else has already seen Phoenix. those same episodes so why That's would they have to go back and rewatch them yeah yeah, how do you ever how do you stop that from happening in the future again? That's what you got to be asking yourself. Hey, well, they have updated their 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 community guidelines as well mm-hmm. as their system. So, one of the issues that they said we committed was one community guidelines violations and copyright infringement. 
So whenever we display like a video clip from a for a story, we uh, we have to make sure that there's not a copyright on it. So when we upload the videos, it'll it's got its own check system now where it checks the video to see if there are any. If there are, you can fix it. Oh, I see. And I'm very careful on everything that I select. If I can find a video clip from a new from a known news source, they generally won't mess with that. Okay, sure. And so far, our last few episodes have been safe. I mean, (laughs) we kind of did push it with the whole LeBron friggin' Space Jam trailer, but I I apologize for nothing. People needed to know about that uh, monstrosity. That was yeah. How do you how do you call yourself Space Jams too, but say you're not a sequel? It's not even in space. <laughs> Did LeBron say that? Shut up. Yeah, yeah. So LeBron James said it's not a sequel to yeah. Space Jam, right? But, but Space Jam the entire movie takes place on the cyber web, and <laughs> it has nothing to do with actual outer space at all. There aren't even no aliens. Just oh cyberspace. <laughs> yeah. well, Marvin the Martian, but he doesn't count. Nah. That shit made no goddamn sense. And then, of course, he made everyone call him King James. Right, exactly. Yeah, And the entire movie is based about how he's a shitty parent because he wants to push basketball into his kid, even though his kid doesn't want to play basketball. Is that right? Is that really what it's about? Yep. yep. Yes. His son gets pissed off, runs so off, gets story. kidnapped by some cool cyber story. lord. And he basically has to battle him to get his son back. Oh my god! Wow. Like, bro, you are a shitty parent. That's funny. Have you guys happened to watch the uh, what is that? The the, the university, the um, thirty in the what is it? That's where where Michael, where uh, LeBron James' son was in that Netflix. Uh, it's a Netflix special. I have not. But you... yeah, there's one on football and there's one on. I think it's university something. Oh huh. shit! Uh, and the boys, and they were, and they were good. They're from Sierra, the Sierra um, Grand Sierra down in uh, L.A. Because he played last year. I know he's what he's talking that about. Private school, right? I know what he's yeah. talking about. Yeah. And, I watched and a little funny, bit of that, it, but then when I realized it was his kid, I fell asleep. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm sorry. It's entertainment to put you to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys ready to get, uh, get on rolling? All right, next, so uh, next. So that I was thought we were next. actually rolling. I, th- I thought this was part of the actual program. <laughs> I mean, it's going in there. Oh, it's going in there. All right. All right, so let's go. Let's move on to the next joke. So what's the difference between your penis and a bonus check? I don't know. Can I actually find my bonus check? Someone's always willing to blow your bonus check. Oh, that's, so true. Ooh, that's harsh. <laughs> that's harsh. If our girl sees this, she's gonna be pissed. <laughs> and just tell, just tell her where's the lie. Yeah, I'm probably gonna get. Some. Yeah, she's gonna say, you know damn well that's a lie. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna get some blowback on that joke. By you the one, and she apparently is. Anyway, oh. did you did you intend for that pun there, Julio? Okay, I'll take no. that as a no. No. All right, let's just keep going. He's like, what pun? <laughs> now he's got to think back to what the fuck he just said. I have no idea what I just said. I've been drinking. I've been drinking. No All right, so fuck my life. So in this one, we got 
Southwest Airlines flight attendant gets punched by a passenger for asking her to, what was it, put her seat up, put her seatbelt seat on, seat belt on put, her seat put her seatbelt on. They're getting ready to land. She oh. lost two teeth. Now she, yeah, I'm she hoping it's not the front got. ones because then she's got that whole, you know, meth mouth thing looking. It is two front teeth, uh, according to the union. Uh, and she hit the hit the floor of the plane, and she she fell back and hit the floor of the plane. Uh, she got now, right after she got hit, so she got knocked pretty hard. Uh, and this is apparently question. Yeah, I think this is the 477 incident just on Southwest Airlines this year. Question this year. This Hold year. on. Question, question, question. Oh, that's like 20 a day. Did she get hit with the Hadouken <laughs> or the Shiryuken? She got the lost the right. Oh, he didn't, he didn't watch Street Fighter? My bad. No. no. Okay. Yeah, so, so 477 incidents this year of passenger misconduct on Southwest Airlines planes. And this is actually, to be specific, this is from April 8th of last year to May 15th of this year. You, you, so, know, you know what's crazy, Julio? What? There's been, uh, across all airlines, 2,500 cases oh, since yeah. that time period. And like 1,900 of those, 2,500, are mask-related. Patients, patients refuse, uh, patients, passengers refusing to you wear masks. You say they're mask-related, Jose? Yeah. So 1,900 okay. of those incidents are people refusing to either put on a mask or you know, comply with a mask. And the FAA will find you so up I'm to pretty sure you had to wear the damn that. mask going into the airport, right, before you boarded the plane. Mm-hmm. Of course, you should expect them to ask you to put that shit on in a small little tube with yeah. two wings on the bitch with fucking dangling engines to take your ass from point A to point B. Yeah. Now, bad enough we got recycled air. No, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the airline go down inside a plane. You're in there, and somebody says, "I don't want to put a mask on." What do you think is the best way to approach that? More fighting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a lot of the union reps have been asking for more federal air marshals to be placed on planes. Here, here, here's my answer to that. Go find a helmet. Put on the damn helmet. That. Someone's about to get their head knocked the fuck off. It's just... What, what is the big deal with the mask? I don't understand it. Like, I get, you had to do it for a whole year. I work at Costco, and now that we don't have to wear masks, I still wear it, but we have to wear them bitches for eight hours. That's long time. You do not hear us bitching about it. I used to work for Amazon. I delivered packages wearing that damn mask for eight to ten hours a day. I work on a construction zone. I still wear my mask. Y'all, y'all saw the mask I wore in the beginning of the episode. I'm wearing that to work if they'll let me. <laughs> I, I, I wore this inside the Amazon warehouse. They told me that oh, that's not the mask they were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong mask. Like, sir, your mouth needs to be closed. Hold on. Oh. Is that better? Nah, that, that wasn't even it, bro. I looked at him and I was like, okay. Nacho! Senor, you don't understand what I'm saying. Now, there are some repercussions from this. As a result, Southwest Airlines said that they will, for the, mo- for the meanwhile, pause alcohol serves, uh, alcohol being Listen, served. For the on- meanwhile, they're continuing... The pause wasn't wasn't this an extremely short flight, by the way? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, uh, Sacramento to San Diego. Well, it wouldn't have been more than an it hour. Was, it was in her friggin' state. You yeah. couldn't keep your mask on What's for forty five. An minutes? hour and a half. Forty five to an hour. 
probably 45 minutes. They show a picture of her and everything? point. Yeah, uh, she's a big girl, the one who threw the wait, swing. Don't we, wait, 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 we British. actually have a video of this, right? And we oh, do have video. Yeah. Let's check the video. Many take to the skies after a year of limited travel. There are new efforts underway to crack down on unruly passengers. In the last three months, transportation officials say they have received about 1,300 complaints about passengers fighting with airline and TSA workers, some of which include passengers refusing to wear mandatory face masks, using offensive language, and even hitting flight attendants. According to the TSA, passengers who assault one of their employees are subject to criminal charges and fines up to almost $14,000. We're not going to tolerate uh, behavior that threatens uh, the well-being of the public, uh, the employees that bravely are on the front lines. And so the consequence regime is in place. It will be enforced and it will be uh, uh, enforced appropriately. And to keep up with the expected increase in travel, the TSA is looking to hire 6,000 additional workers. There are still no current plans to lift international travel restrictions. We're back. So, yeah, so now American Airlines is going to extend uh, their suspension of alcohol service following the Southwest Airlines incident. So, um, and, and in my opinion, I'm pretty sure United and Delta and a couple of the other like U.S. carriers are going to follow soon after they're already doing it. But, and here's the big but, it's only if you fly economy slash coach. That's crazy. So if you're that business or first class, you still get your alcohol. Yeah. Straight retarded, though. Because we all know that if you're first class or business class, no matter how much you drink, you don't get unruly. Oh, hell no. You're class. You're class. Got to keep it class. First class. That's why, that's why the class that word is in there, drink. bro. Come on. Yeah. Even first if you're going to get unruly, you'd have to your pinky up the whole time. Like, like, I honestly like, think she was yeah. sitting there like, this bitch better not ask me about my seatbelt. Better not ask me about my seatbelt. Better not ask me about my seatbelt. Oh, my Here's God. the thing, though, like, she asked about how, the seatbelt. How crazy it is that something as as simple as a mask has become politicized, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's it's yeah. insane because even the same person that politicized this recently, when there was going to be a um a, a meeting of people that were in his belief system in 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 the capital, actually raised the price of the rooms in his hotel by like three percent by like three hundred percent making it so that those people can afford to stay there isn't it illegal to do to raise that higher than what three to seven percent during i have no idea but like supply and demand bro yeah and also like i read like a local cafe in the bay area they were going to be charging Five dollars more to people that went into that shop with masks on. So this guy was like an anti-masker and was like, "Well, if you come to my shop and you order coffee with a mask on, there's gonna be a five dollars surcharge for that." Is, is that the what same if I take the mask off before I pay? Then you don't pay. <laughs> you don't pay that five dollars. Well, Stupid well, as that is, sounds. Yeah, well, that same coffee shop that said that they were gonna donate all that money that they they got to like domestic abuse sanctuaries and shit like that. Yeah. Hey, listen, yeah, I would go. In, I would happily go in there with my goddamn mask on and brag about the fact that I got vaccinated. 
Because if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, that same person, that same coffee shop said that they would add an additional tax if you bragged about being vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Man, you must really want to scare off business. Yeah, that is strange, huh? And that's in the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah, that's in the Bay Area. Yeah, I went to Walmart a couple a couple days ago. Took my mask off to I don't know I forgot what the hell I was doing, but I think I was trying to talk on the phone or some shit. But this bitch walks up and asks, like, hey, uh, what's, like, why don't you have your mask on? Now, being the normal disrespectful person that I am, (laughs) I was like, "Uh, let me get this straight. So you walked up to me, a very large black man with a very not friendly face, and asked him about his mask. I don't know. I think you're adorable. Oh, thank you. That's why you're my wife, Rick. You're cuddling, bro. <laughs> and her goddamn her her response was, "Well, I'm just trying to make sure you're safe." I'm like, "I've been vaccinated already. I took the mask off because I wanted to take the fucking mask off." It's like, well, you don't need to be rude about it. I was like, I ha- I I don't know any other way. Because when some TikTok walks up to me and says some shit to me about something, they don't even need to worry about because it, it ain't got nothing to do with them. You see me coughing. Do you see me puking out my fucking guts? Does mask it look like I'm sickly, bitch? Fucking mask off. Go back to what you were doing. I was perfectly fine in this aisle by my motherfucking self. Only at Walmart, right? Yeah. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Let me ask I, you guys this. Um, so y'all, have all four of you gotten the uh, vaccine then? Yep. Yeah. Sure. Yep. So one thing I heard about the vaccine, which was sort of surprising, I have not gotten the vaccine. Um, oh, one thing that's been a uh, surprise to me is that, and I didn't know this until maybe, maybe a month ago, is it, that it only lasts five to six months. Yep. Yeah. And then you gotta go hearing. get yep. the shot again. You gotta get a booster. Yeah. That was surprising. I, I, that's kind of disappointing. He's like, okay, I'm going to go and, and get this thing done. Now it's, it's going five, six months. The damn flu shot lasts what all year. Yes, yes, like, so. okay. Yeah, something like that. I'm gonna yeah. say yes, and I would agree it is very surprising, but keep in mind that this is a novel virus. So this is a virus that has never infected our species before. Right. Right. So the fact that we have anything that could keep us safe for even six months yeah, is right. incredible. Oh, totally. Even right, though the time frame they all had. these bullshit ass conspiracies, like you know, they did the magnet test. To see if oh. you were microchipped. Oh, yeah. One of my coworkers did that to me last week, and the magnet actually stood there. Sure it wasn't stuck to your sweaty-ass fucking shoulder? Because <laughs> that could also happen. My coworkers did the same shit sure to me. You, haven't right the hell enough, off. you sure you haven't eaten enough fish from the Bay Area? So there's enough... Um, <laughs> Although, I, mean, I think that, I think that magnet may have been racist because it fell off too damn quick. It's like, oh, black guy, nope. I'm surprised, Julio. I'm surprised anything stuck to you. <laughs> Repel. <laughs> so, software. Yeah, nah, um, so, um, let me ask you, Michael. Is there? Is there? And I don't mean to get all political and stuff because I really don't care. You yeah, know, yeah. everybody's all open to their own opinion and their own yep. beliefs. Is there a reason why you haven't been vaccinated? No, I appreciate the question. I appreciate the preface. You know. My wife's very against it, and uh, 
and, 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 and a lot of it's conspiracy theories, I think, for the most part. Um, and for me, I'm, I'm probably just, uh, I didn't, happy I was wife, happy wife. unopinionated I about it. Like I didn't, That's really what I was think, thinking. like, like, I <laughs> around, like, Hey, if, if, if the guy showed up and said, Hey, we're all giving vaccines here right now, let's do it. I, I probably wouldn't be like, Oh God, no, I, you know, that's not, I don't yeah. feel that way. Um, no, definitely, definitely, definitely. No, I just thought that might have been. Most of my family, you know, I've said I'm, I am Catholic, so I, I got seven brothers and sisters. Remember the earlier thing? <laughs> it's yeah, that's why you have such a big house. No wonder you didn't tell me how much that room was for rent. I, 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 <laughs> drove, I had one bathroom, nine people, one bathroom. Oh my God. Never mind. We I don't want to remember. Our, we knew how to hold our pee for a long time, man. And we had no trees surviving anywhere around the neighborhood, you know, close to the house. <laughs> but we uh, <laughs> But but literally all out of the out of the seven that are remaining, um, six of them all got it. All my brothers and sisters got it. Oh wow! The shot. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did have a brother that had a a heart attack probably two weeks after it. But you know you can't we can't say for sure. But he did take the Johnson and Johnson, which did come up with the clots thing. But That's what I, got. I mean, I I I took the Johnson and Johnson, but ultimately Jose the clots are fine was, over here. Was mostly for women that were using birth control. Oh, is that right? Yeah. He and he yeah. doesn't think it came from that. I said it to, more more to be funny, you know, in the fuck yeah. the family. No. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, well, listen. What did he say about Johnson? Well, Johnson fucking around too? with people in your family. Oh I'm yeah. Actually, the, the, I know what that's like. <laughs> exactly. So if so if Pfizer is Pfizer fine, then I guess everybody who got Johnson Johnson just developed swinging dicks. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why are you trying to take it for a ride? That's actually funny. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> How? Because I can ride my own. I mean, you trying to take it for a ride? I'll jump in a flight right now for you, bro. Surfboard? But isn't, isn't it, I mean, I, I honestly think that it's wild that how we politicize, even within our own country, right? We like politicize the fact, a disease. How do you politicize a disease? We managed to find a way, but yeah. I still can't figure out how. Well, you, you think of this story. It was about a seatbelt, yet we wait, found a way wait, to connect it to the mask. Did you seriously just ask that question? Come on, no, bro. No, no, I, I, really, I really am, bro, because honestly, thinking like, if, if it affects one of us, it affects all of us. Right. All right, think of it this way. If, if With that thought, you just basically gave the entire populace of America too much credit. Well, you had people. Uh, you I, had I, people I, doing I, like I had people do some of the dumbest shit in this pandemic I've ever seen. Like I've seen motherfuckers grab fucking sanitary wipes and wipe down the handlebars of their own car that they got in and out of. What the fuck are you doing? Why are you wiping off? You're the only one using your damn. Because you I just went shopping in Costco. I don't know who touched the handle of my car. I did the same thing. I'm pretty yeah, sure it's same. nobody. I, I think that's where you, all the six to twelve year olds that might yeah. rob your car. So, oh, they rob a clean Listen, car. Listen, we just, we just, yeah, exactly. We just went over an article where six to twelve year olds try to rob your car. <laughs> right. I don't know what happened while I was in the store. Yeah, while your car, while your keys were in the ignition. Push start. I wonder. I'll tell you this, you this shit, huh? That's the ignition. <laughs> no, he did not just. Say. again, Michael. I said, I wonder, you know, part of my book that I wrote um, on um, anxiety, panic attacks, it's, it's all about uh, overcoming uh, because I've never met a person that didn't have OCD that suffered mm -hmm. from anxiety. 
And so if, if you have OCD, means you're obsessive compulsive, you, you automatically are defined as somebody that has anxiety. Like you cannot have OCD and not have anxiety. Your, your brain's going, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. That builds up. All day. Yeah. So I wonder what the ramifications for all of this will be uh, in five years from now, 10 years from now, just so the amount of people that have created for the same thing that you were talking about, Marcus, of these guys that are going in there and, and wiping their, their, their column of the car or whatever, you know, just actually, so to give you guys a little insight, so I've helped literally, it's, it's a good story, but probably at least 50,000 individuals personally uh, through my mentor uh, that was on the Oprah Winfrey show multiple times, Good Morning America, traveled, was on all the uh, the daytime um, shows, um, it was a little before uh uh, Ellen DeGeneres and all that, but um, he was known as Dr. Fear, and, and one of the things that I was going to share with you in regards to that is that I have found people that have reached out to me over the course of the last year, people that have OCD or, or they're germophobics particularly, mm -hmm. they've actually had reduced um, anxiety through this process. Wow. And, and it's it's kind of mind-boggling in a way because that, that's not what my prediction would have been. You know, even when it was starting to come out, I was thinking, oh, shit, I'm, my phone's going to be ringing off the hook from just people and, you know, people reaching out to me for various reasons of my the book and the, some of the coaching stuff I did. And actually, it was just the opposite. Uh, and I, the only thing I can put my finger on is it's because people have almost taken the sense of that we're particularly germophobics thinking, like, told you. I told you guys. Like, what do you guys all, nobody else has been worried about this? I, I, it's coming true. And so it's given them a little bit of almost peace of mind in a bizarre way. I mean, shit, I, I was a damn that. clean freak when, uh, when I lived in my apartment. My kitchen was always clean. I did not put dishes in the sink unless I washed them immediately. Ah. Or they went into the dishwasher and then washed and, and then turned that thing on. But I refused to let any dishes hit that sink. Because in the area that we lived in, cockroaches were very prevalent. Okay. Regardless of how, like, I kept my house as clean as possible. Like, the only the only part that wasn't was the fucking laundry area right next in my room. That was the only area that was dirty as shit. Everywhere else, the living room was fucking clean. Kitchen was clean. The, the fucking dining room was clean. All that shit was clean. Do you and think Julio can attest to it. Do you think yeah, that, that that changed a little bit for you in terms of with COVID and um, did it did it become less important or did you think it got heightened? I'd say a little a, a little bit less, yeah. just because well one I don't live in my apartment anymore. I'm staying with my parents until I find another place to stay. Okay. And the way that they live is completely the opposite from the way I like to keep my place. So I pretty much uh -huh. gotta just go, go with it at this point. Yeah. Yeah, Even it, though it is irking the holy living shit out of me, uh, right? I, I got to deal with it. Right. Yeah. Change your attitude. Yep. Attitude's everything. I hear. I read this book once. Yeah, it's under a hundred pages. I re highly recommend it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amazon bestseller. I think it was the other but book. This one. Boy, they couldn't stop 10. washing his hands. That was the first book I read on OCD. <laughs> wow. True. True story. Yeah. Like I'm, su I'm like I'm surprised at how many people don't wash their hands, especially at my job. I go, go to the, the bathroom, bathroom, and of course, mm -hmm. employees are 
required to wash their hands, but I do it regardless because I used to walk at a fucking hospital and I know exactly what kind of germs you come into contact through on a day-to-day basis. So it's mostly elderly men over the age of 55 and older. Like they walk in, handle their shit, and then run their hands on the water and walk the fuck out. And I'm like, you they don't even reach for the soap either. Bastard. Right. They don't, they don't like, even reach I for call, the soap. Like the last guy, I called him out because this is all he did. He put his hands under the water and mm-hmm. took him out before the water turned on and walked okay, the fuck I, out. I was I, like, I know are you trying to convince God know, or I yourself? No, I, I you think you're going to get us back on track. Like, right? Sir, so go back and wash your nasty oh, ass oh, hands. You know damn well you didn't handle some dry ass skin. So this is off topic, right? But here's the, here's the thing between us guys. So you know how girls are like super clean? Oh shit! Yeah. Have you been in yeah. their cars? Most of us, most of us, don't wash our hands after we go to the bathroom after we go pee, right? How many times has a girl ever wa- asked you to go wash your dick before she sucks your dick? My girl does every time. Oh. <laughs> oh. Way to save your girl, bro. Way to save your girl. I wish I I was lying. I wish I was lying. It was one of those things that that crossed my mind the other day that I was like, wait. They're super clean all the time, but they never ask you to go take a shower or wash your dick before they suck your dick. You know what's funny? I I learned this. This is a a trip, but it's, I mean, maybe you guys have already learned this. You know, we're all men. We all get taught by usually our moms for the most part how to wash your hands and other. But it's funny, most people will go in, go to the bathroom, wash their hands, and then leave the restroom. Isn't that, isn't that the order, generally? Usually. Mm-hmm. But so think about that. Let's say you're at Costco. We're at Marcus's place. I'm grabbing all these things, and I'm you know, grabbing shit and grabbing cans of beer or whatever. And I'm shaking people's hands, whatever. Dirtier than hell. I go into the bathroom and put my dirty as hell hands all over my junk. And now oh. that's dirty. And then I walk out, clean my hands. When I was, I worked at Sears when I was like 16 years old. And uh, a, he became a good close friend of mine. I've known him for 30 years. He's a Mexican guy. And he's like, bro, you just put your dirty hands all over your dick. And I said, what are you looking at me for? He said, bro, that's the dumbest thing. Why don't you wash your hands first? And after you touch it, it's already clean. You don't need to wash them again. So that's how I do it. That's my point. Like, do you see what I'm saying? That's exactly. Yeah. Like, if you if you wash your dick already in the morning when you take a shower, exactly, and then you wash your hands before you go take a piss, exactly. It would I'm make sorry. more sense. I, I'm I'm sorry to say, bro, but your dick your, your dick's not that clean that that damn long. After a couple of hours, remember it's sitting between your legs, which is a warm area, which means you got sweat. Did skin, whatever the fuck else comes the fuck up off okay, your skin. So still, eventually your dick becomes dirty like again. I told you, you know, you got to clean that thing. So yours might be bad, but you know, we're all. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not my fault my skin is brown. It's still cleaner. Washcloth. Oh, shit, it's brown. Is it dirty or is it my skin? I just wiped mm. off some milk. This, this is definitely the episode's getting us thrown off of YouTube again. <laughs> like, oh my we've god! Said, we've said that about almost every episode where we get a little out of control, but I, I don't see. Hey, speaking of dicks, don't you have a Southwest Air, Southwest Airlines story for us? I do, and it involves dicks. So, oh, yeah. so hold on. So, uh, I'm gonna skip this joke. Yeah, just skip the joke, dude. Sorry, right, guys. So, uh, the ass of the week. Shut up. Let me introduce the segment first before you get into it. Please. That's what she said. 
There you go. So, and, dumbass of the week. Southwest airline pilot pleads guilty to exposing himself during flights, including watching pornography yep. and other loot acts. Julio, take it away. All right. So, Southwest Airlines, they're doing such a great job with their PR lately. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the, the day, aren't we? So, to be clear, this is a former pilot. Uh, pled guilty last Friday in, on federal charges of committing a lewd, indecent, obscene act during the middle of a flight that he was commanding. So he was the captain of the plane. He was in charge of the flight. He was like, hey, uh, I'm the captain now. He he sure was. And not anymore. Captain uh, Savage. He'll be lucky if he gets the captain of Cessna after this. Uh so August 10th of last year, uh, from between a flight from Philadelphia to Orlando, at once he reached cruising altitude, Michael Heck, 60 years old from Florida, admitted to removing his clothes while in the cockpit and exposing himself to his female first officer. Whole new meaning yeah. of the word cockpit. I know. Right? What happened to the right. pornographer? Hold on. So that, that's the next part. He then proceeded to view pornog- pornographic material while in the cockpit on his company-issued laptop. I'm not making this up. You wouldn't want to do it on your own laptop. Hold on, hold on. He didn't even use the incognito window? Mm-mm. I mean, come on, bro. That's what Google Chrome is for. The but e- even the incognito window, when you open that, it says it doesn't save you from your employers knowing that browsing history. And well, it does you delete, it, it you gets, delete the tracking. Well, it well, gets even worse. I, I, I could I could have showed them how to keep that from, but still, <laughs> and it gets worse. I, I wish I could. I wish this would stop because even I'm disgusted. Uh, as the plane continued in the mm. flight, it's hard to do. He, <laughs> he engaged in even more inappropriate <laughs> conduct while in the cockpit, continuing to, while continuing from his duties in front of his first officer. So he's jerking and still flying the plane. He definitely continued. Hold on, hold on. So he jerked off in front of number one? Yes, in front of number one. Patrick he was Stewart yelling, who's your boss, number two? Ew. <laughs> uh, according to his uh, guilty plea, uh, he had never met the first officer prior to the flight. Now, just from that sentence alone, that means other pilots have probably watched and known of him doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know it. You know it's like a damn club. I'm pretty well, sure it's sitting at the damn bar. Like, yeah, bro. So Max did it again. Yeah, uh, you know he can't control himself once he gets up in he the air. He did the cockpit backstroke. Oh god. Uh, so, so he's being sentenced to one year of probation. He's being ordered to pay a five thousand dollar fine. Uh, Southwest, a Southwest spokesman. Uh, you said we have video of this. We do. Oh, it's play it. like I don't want to see the video of that one. That, that might be too much. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> <a bad> <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah, Airlines has said they uh they they pretty much uh removed him after finding out about the incident, and he hasn't flown since. Didn't he quit? I thought he quit before that shit happened. Yeah, I like Pee Wee Herman, bro. This is crazy. How would you like to be that guy? He's making about two bills a year, and for five grand, he made that in three days, and that's all he gets. Dude. I heard I heard Pornhub approached him for a deal. Yeah, that'd be you could probably write one hell of a bank script. bros movie. Captain Stabbin said no. 
I'd be interested in having an interview with the girl. Like, so what was it like? Yeah, that's kind of awkward to watch. Isn't it? it had a lot of veins in it. <laughs> it was very like, vascular. She's like, are you talking about uh, Senior Michael? He's like, you know, he was struggling to find that thing for the first half of the flight. Sid, you're you a toy boat. Prior to the flight. To the index of other news tonight, and a former Southwest pilot has now been charged with indecent exposure. Federal authorities say the incident took place during the flight from Philadelphia to Orlando last August. Southwest says no passengers were aware of the situation, but some crew members were. The pilot quitting before the company knew about the allegations. The That's crazy. Boys, just just F- FYI, I'm on 14% battery, so I don't know how much longer we got. I may just have to, I'm going to disappear. We got one more. We got one more story. So let's go ahead and just move on. So, why can't you hear rabbits make love? I don't know. They got cotton balls. Oh, Oh. that's cute. (laughs) All right, last segment. I'm I'm sure Thumper would appreciate that. (laughs) Nah, in Thumper's case, it's his goddamn feet. Oh man, (laughs) sounds like a headboard hitting the wall. Right. All right, so the last story of the day, what are you doing? So in this one, we got a black DoorDash who was just trying to deliver some food. She gets stopped and accosted by a drunk white man. Basically just screamed at her the entire time, uh, throwing racial slurs. In fact, someone heard it and came to, well, I'm not going to say came to her rescue, but she confronted the man for it, and he basically attacked her as well. No, verbally, not physically. Otherwise, he probably would have got the brakes beaten off of him. But let's go ahead and roll the clip. I got an AK-47 right now in my car. I'll blow your head off. Okay, but first of all, you don't call... I don't give a... Don't call her name. You don't call her name because you're pissed. You don't call her name. Yeah, and I'm racist, and I'm a racist. 
I got an AK-47 right now in my car. I'll blow your head off. Holy shit. You gotta be drunk as shit. It's funny, I'm, right before you clip, I, I heard the girl yelling something about, well, you're a white such and such. You know, and he couldn't really hear it. And, yep. you know, the whole world has gone just absolutely bonkers, man. I mean, mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't, I, it's bizarre. You know, the whole thing, just I hear all I that stuff. I keep coming across these videos like most like I care I came across this on TikTok. In fact, almost every one of these viral videos I found on TikTok and I'm like, okay, either this is fake or I gotta find out the information. So I search it up and bam, there it is. Like did y'all yeah. see that video of that uh I don't know if she was trans or she was just a regular girl, but she got knocked the hell out in like a damn store after she ran up on the dude. Yeah. So after, like, I, I searched for like multiple different versions of the video. I ended up finding uh, a clip with a little bit extra sex on what happened. So she just ran up on him and started throwing water. So he just ba basically hit her with the Mike Tyson right hook. Jesus Christ. And just, I'm just, sorry to like, say, like, I don't condone hitting women, but she asked for it. You don't go. I, uh, you don't go up and assault people by throwing water at them. I don't know what the hell you think he was gonna do or I whatever know, but like, you thought was gonna happen. Like what he, what he said, bro. Like, honestly, I don't like, okay. So now that the pandemic is being lifted more and more around California, I see more and more, like I, I drive back and forth. So currently the last two weeks I've had time off work and going to pick up my wife after, uh, during her lunch break and bringing her back, even on that on-ramp get going to and from, I've seen more road rage incidents and more car accidents because of people not knowing how to act because they've been essentially, you know, locked down yeah. for the last year. Yeah. Yep. And so it's insane to me because we forget to how to, we, we forgot how to how treat to each other. Exactly. We forgot how to treat each other. We forgot how to treat each other with any form of humanity. Is it that or they've gotten to the point where now they're just like, fuck it. I'm just going to be whoever the hell I'm going to be. Regardless that's of the problem, the problem is that if you're gonna be whoever the hell you're gonna be, it means you were that person to begin with. Yeah, but think about like who who knows someone truly though. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure the three of you guys know me very well. Oh yeah, all right. Well, ba based <laughs> off of all of our fucking shenanigans, we've fine. known you for fifteen. We, we years. know each other quite well. That's, well. that's exactly. my point. There's still like, shit about each other we don't know. Yeah, but when you were oh. gone, they asked they asked me, "Hey, do you think maybe he's a pilot?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't fly for shit. I couldn't fly for shit. But I will tell you that right now that that is what that was one of my dreams. So I it was one of my dreams to become a pilot. Up until the fact that I found out that you couldn't be a pilot unless you if you were colorblind. Really? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, but as long as you're not a a, a jacking pilot, you know, then you're fine. No, no, no. I, I'm a jacking pilot. Like, I jack cars up all the time. Yeah, hey, sure that was the first don't do it while you land over 30 years. <laughs> no, but, like, I'm not completely colorblind. I'm only partially colorblind. So when it comes to colorblindness, I'm one of the 1% of people with Spanish descent that have a form of colorblindness. Oh. So I, it's not I, all... I, it's, I, exactly, so it's not all black and gray. Than, than people think. 
Well, it's more common in dark, males. I can't see dark green at night at all. Like, I can't tell the Yeah, so it's more common in males because the, the female chromosomes don't carry the blindness oh, genes. Yeah. That's what I've heard. Blue so like for example when it when it comes when it comes to um reds right most males can see anywhere from one to three shades of red females can see from one to five wow you're like a doctor the colors the hardest the hardest color to register though is blue because the shades are similar yeah see i struggle with blue blue and uh and gray like so on Julio's wall, if he if he changed that just a smidge, you wouldn't be able to He'd tell the fatter. difference. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Jesus, got him! I was getting got into him. the roast. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. No, but what is that color behind you, Mar- uh, Julio? Uh, I think it is a blue. It's the dark blue that I. It's not like a water navy? bottle. I don't even know, dude. It was a water bottle that had like a matte blue finish. It's that you know, see Kelly Moore. I took it to Kelly Moore paints and they matched it. And that's that's not uh, matte. That's that's semi gloss. No, he said matched. Oh, yeah. I was about to say <laughs> it's it's kind of a flat blue, but right now it's shiny because the lights are flipping off it. Yeah, then it's not flat. It, it's not shinier than your damn black refrigerator. That's oh, here, the refrigerator. Let's say, yeah, mine is uh, yeah. But yeah, no, most most males are colorblind because our um over over an evolutionary standpoint, we developed to track motion more than we developed to track color. Mm. And opposite mm. to where our females developed to track color more than developed to track motion because they were more inclined to pick. You know, to be in charge of picking berries that were the most ripe. Mine still pick berries, you know, just two though. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what. Why... <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. That was good. <laughs> hey, guys, I thank you for having me on the show tonight. Yeah. I had fun. Uh, yeah, so thank you for coming on. Thank you for coming on. Wrap it up. Absolutely. Right, let's, go ahead and, let's go ahead and close this out. Right. <laughs> so, I went to the I went I went to the dentist a couple of days ago, and I heard something that I probably should not have heard. But she basically said, "I'd rather go through the pain of childbirth again than let you drill in my mouth." So, a couple seconds later, the dentist replied, "Well, please make up your mind so I can adjust the chair." <laughs> 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 and on that bombshell let's go ahead and end the show thank you guys for tuning in michael thank you for joining us we had one hell of a time please be sure to like share and subscribe comment on this video follow us on social media tiktok facebook twitter snapchat instagram oh, oh, wait michael do you have any social medias do you want us to like add into this i was uh, about I'll to get to that asshole sorry uh, i'll just send it to you well michael he was about to get to your asshole you should just drop your social media and keep it moving. Yeah. Oh, oh shit. There goes your YouTube account again. Yeah. It's okay. We'll start another one. What's that going to be canceled for? Bullying? Oh, Amazing. And this is the birth of Intermolog 501. Oh. <laughs>
That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. Catch you guys later. Yeah. All right.